0: I thank you for the opportunity to come, be in your house, be with uh, those that are a part of this family of faith, and anybody that just kind of wanders in to join us tonight, we welcome them, and I pray, Lord, that our time is pleasing to you. We honor you, we glorify you, we worship you. As always, we, we give ourselves to you in our worship, Lord, and we just pray that your presence is here with us, alive and strong and well, and revitalizing us and continually renewing us, and we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, and everybody says, Amen. You guys
1: ready?
0: Yep.
1: All right, yes. Yeah, we're right. <laughs> One thing I desire, only this I see. Just a
0: What Judas said always hits me. You know, it doesn't matter what we are going through. He is always good. And that is something that all believers can agree upon. Hallelujah. of our praise hallelujah well we're so glad to have you here tonight go around and greet some of your family of faith this evening It's good to have you. We're going to get ready for a tithing offerings. so if you do have something to give, you can prep that. Offering envelopes are in a chair in front of you. If there's not one, if you yell loud enough, one of the ushers will help you out and get you one of those offering envelopes. By the way, live streamers, good to have you. Say say hey on the uh, live stream platform there, and and we'd love to hear from you, and, and prayer requests, we'll take them and pray over them, but we love our live stream audience. And uh, it's good to have them. So, let's, uh, let's get ready to give tonight. I want, I want you, just for a second before we give, I want you personally to simply thank God for the blessings in your life. How about that? And then I'm going to pray that we'll come give it. So you just for a moment. I want you to think just for a moment. Right now, think, count the blessings of your life. And whatever they are, I'm sure they're multiple and many. And and remind yourself of your own testimony. Encourage yourself in your own testimony that God is faithful. Amen? And he is the the provider. And we lean on him. We trust in him. Amen. Amen. All right, so so did you do that? How how many have more than you could think of in the 30 seconds I gave you? Anybody? That's the faithfulness of God. Our salvation is because of the covenant faithfulness of God. What he promised to Abraham is fulfilled through Jesus and our salvation. Covenant faithfulness. God is faithful. And everything that comes in a faithful God is, is, is the things that bring us the newness of life. And while we are on this earth waiting for him to come again, God's faithfulness will prove himself time and time again because that's simply who he is. Amen? All right, Lord, we thank you that you are faithful, you're a provider, you're always there for us, you're always with us, Lord. And I I pray uh, that that we just always trust in you, and we live in faith, and we we count what you have done. Encourage ourselves that if you did it, you'll do it now, and you'll do it in the future, and we stand in that. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody says, amen. Amen. If you have it, bring it. uh, Just a couple... Real quick announcements. Uh, Vinny, Saturday is still happening. This Saturday at the 18th, 10 a.m. at, uh, uh, what's that? Vancrest. Van okay. So uh, if you need more information from Vinny, just contact her. She's got it. So we're looking forward to getting back out and, and uh, blessing those at Vancrest. And it's a, it's a wonderful thing to be a part of. So if you've never done it before, it would be a great time to jump in. Um, other than that, Next Steps is happening right after church this Sunday. So if you're interested in church membership or maybe you've been here for a long time, you just want to know uh, the ins and outs of why we do what we do. That's what's going to happen at Next Steps on Sunday. So if you stay after for that, we'll, we'll uh, bring a little food in and spend some time together. That's all I want to say. So let's get our Bibles out. We've been uh, taking, um, what month is this? September. Right? Yeah, we've been taking a month of September and talking about the Holy Spirit. I get confused. Excuse me. I'm sorry. It happens. I was thinking, is this September? We're well, not in August. Yeah, September. Anyways, September. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit. So Sunday, we've been talking about the activity of the Holy Spirit. So uh, we dealt Sunday with the, his general working in the world of conviction and what that's about. Uh, the week before that, we just kind of give some definition of the Holy Spirit um, this Sunday, we're talking more about the work of the Holy Spirit and one who believes, the work of regeneration, and, 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 and all that kind of stuff. So that's Sunday. But Wednesdays, uh, we started last week to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God, three persons. And the activity of, of God in this world is the activity of the Holy Spirit. God is with you because the Holy Spirit is with you right? God is near because the Holy Spirit is active. Jesus ascended, the Spirit is sent to be with us. He is our comforter, he is our counselor, he is our advisor, our advocate, all the different things we've been talking about Sunday. Now, we are Pentecostal or charismatic in our belief. If you did not know that, we are. So if that's a surprise to you, welcome to the club. Alright, so... um, What that means is that we believe in a subsequent work of the Holy Spirit, of the infilling of the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 2. We believe it is active in the world today as much as it was active at the beginning of Acts chapter 2. That makes us Pentecostal. Pentecostals uh, really come out of, uh, you've heard of the Azusa Street Revival in early 1900s out in California, I believe, and it was a massive move of the Spirit Uh, William Seymour, a a, a black man, uh, was actually blind in one eye, kind of was uh, overseeing this move, and and wonderful things happened, and and the infilling of the Holy Spirit, and the evidence of speaking in tongues, and and all these things started to happen. It was a revival of what we consider Pentecostalism, the infilling of the Holy Spirit and subsequent works of that. so uh, Pentecostals, I grew up in a Pentecostal church, the Assemblies of God, that's a, sem- uh, a Pentecostal denomination, uh, the, uh, standing in the infilling of the Holy Spirit with the initial evidence of speaking in tongues, okay, that's one of their doctrinal beliefs, um, charismatic movement, late 60s into the 70s, it's a revival of the gifts of the Spirit, and, and so uh, the charismatics uh, and Pentecostals are the same in a lot of things, they have a couple different things, but bottom line is, in general, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit are active in the world today and we believe that. We don't believe that at the end of the apostolic age when the church was founded, those things passed away, but they are uh, consistent through the church age until the return of Jesus. So there are denominations that don't believe it's active today. Okay, fine and dandy, it doesn't mean nothing to their salvation, it means to do this subsequent work of infilling. Okay? So, kind of a little background right there. Um, So, I'm sorry, not Acts, but 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's just go there. Let's just read about the gifts real quick. A couple points I want to make, and then we'll get into talking about the first three gifts if we get through them tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I, I remember I was in college. I went to a Pentecostal school, Evangelical University, out in Springfield, Missouri. That's where my education's from. And I remember uh, I had a class on my, my New Testament survey class, and I had to write a paper on whether or not speaking in tongues is actually the initial evidence of the Holy Spirit or if Acts shows different in different cases. And I won't tell you what I wrote, but I remember having to write a big paper on that. So anyways, that, that's, uh, Pentecostals really stand in that. But anyways, 1 first, first Corinthians chapter 12. Now concerning the spiritual gifts. Brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed, or other translations have the word ignorant there. So Paul wants us to be informed about the gifts of the Spirit. Verse 2, you know that when you were pagans and you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led, therefore I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit begins to guide us in what it means to follow and worship our Savior, Jesus. <coughs> excuse me. Verse 4. Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but in it the same God who empowers them, <coughs> excuse me, in all and everyone. So you have Spirit, Lord, Jesus, God. So the Trinity is pulled together in the administering of what we have in the gifts of the Spirit. Now, verse (coughs) 7. Excuse me. Throat's a little dry. I'm sorry. To each is given. Who's in each? Who's in each? That's us. You're in each. All right. So, if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, you're in each. To each is given. Amen? To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So the gifts of the Spirit are the manifestation of the Holy Spirit that you've been filled with. Yes. And they're given for what? <coughs> the common good. It is for the common good. Thank you, sir. It is the common good of the church so the gifts can be active in the church setting. Is that true? But if you also notice the context of the infilling with Jesus saying, hey, you're going to be my witnesses. where? Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So the gifts of the common good in the church setting, but also, and we know that because Paul uh, gives some order to church setting in, in a couple of chapters after this, but we know that it's connected to being a witness. We are a light of the world. And part of being light is the witness of the manifestation of the Spirit. So it's kind of like this. <clears throat> I think people feel comfortable to step out into what they consider moving in a gift in the church setting because we're very good with each other on it. And we allow growth and we allow uh, uh, just the simple uh, process of people uh, learning and, again, growing and, and it's kind of like this. You know, let's say, let's say prophecy. So every, every now and then, in a church setting, somebody will come down here, or I may myself, and give what we call a word. Okay? That is actually the manifestation of the gift of prophecy, what that is. The gift of prophecy, and we think about prophecy, you think about foretelling. Prophecy in the church setting is simply encouragement. That's what it is. It's a word of encouragement, uplifting. Okay, that's what that's for. But what happens is if you think of a, a, a rectangle here that's cut in half, you have, you have, let's say, man at the bottom, God at the top, and it goes this way. See, there's a growth that goes this way. In this side of the chart, it's mostly man and little God, and the more you go this way, it's more God and more man, or less man. So in other words, as there's growth, and there's growth, there's more of the word from God and less of man filling in. And we see that in the church. It's okay, we're here to learn together. <clears throat> but as a witness, you get out in the world, there's less grace out there. But it should never stop you when you feel the leading and the unction of the spirit to move in a gift of spirit to do so. So the, the, the gifts for the common good of the church but also for the common good of being a witness in the world. We have to understand that. So don't get bottled up that, well, the gifts are for the church, and then we don't do anything out there. No, you've got to be moving the gifts of the Spirit outside of the church because the empowerment of the Holy Spirit helps you to be a witness. It's for the common good. All right, having said that. All right, verse 8. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. And to another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by one Spirit. To another, working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between Spirits. Discernment. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. Have you ever seen that in, in the church? There's an utterance of tongues and an interpretation comes. Okay. And... Um, Verse 11, all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he will. So the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit comes through the distribution of the Holy Spirit. He does it. It is not you, which is good. It's God. Okay? And through the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, he does a work that's outside of yourself but is through you. So, let's say somebody comes down, and they give that word of prophecy, the the encouragement for the body. That is God speaking through the Holy Spirit, speaking through that person, through them. So, when somebody comes down here, I want to hear about your Bible study last week. Don't care. I'm glad you have one. It's not a teaching spot. I don't even care about the dream you had. I'm glad you have one. I'm, I'm glad you, God spoke to you in a vision. That's great. What I want to hear is what God has to say, the encouragement that comes forward. I don't need the backstory. As you know, uh, when I was praying two weeks ago, I don't need the backstory. What I need is what is God saying, right? And then we key off that. And it will be something that happens in, in, in our gathering together because of what God says, all right? It's the same thing in anything else. So you go to pray for somebody, you're praying for somebody sick, what you're you're invoking is the gift of what? Healing. That's not you. That's God. And we don't need a big bunch of fluff and all this other stuff in the name of Jesus. That's what we need. Because it's him, not you. So the thing about this is, don't make this hard. It is not, again, just for those we consider spiritually big or, or mature. It is for those that are infilled that simply are obedient because God can use anybody. And I think sometimes we make it hard in our mind and we never move out. So it's kind of like if you're sitting there and you feel, man, something's just, I, I feel I need to share. Or I don't know. How many, how many have you ever been there? Uh, and, and you never come down. You may have had a word for the church. But instead of coming down and stepping out in faith and trusting, you bottled down that gift of the Spirit that the Holy Spirit was manifesting through you. Why? Because you're worried, scared. I don't know what the reason is. But we're here. We're going to help each other. It's okay. If you get off in some heresy, I'll come up and talk about it. Don't worry about it. I'll be kind about it. No worries. I I won't chop you down. We're going to grow together. But the point is, if you're obedient and you don't make it hard, you just may be surprised what God will do. Right? And, and, and again, it, it's not, again, making it hard. Sometimes we're waiting for these special moments. We see an angel or, I don't know, the audible voice of God. Josh, go pray for this. It's not going to happen. If you see angels... You know, bottom to you, but I've never seen one. So, okay, I'm glad you do. Has God ever spoken to me audibly? That's other stories we don't need to get into. But the point is, don't wait for these big things. When you feel to do something, and you know what I'm talking about, do it. You're walking down down the road and somebody on the other side of the street, and all of a sudden you feel that, just say, hey, what's your name? Can I pray for you? And you just never know, walking across that street, what God can do just because you were obedient. An angel didn't show up. You didn't hear an audible voice from heaven. The bush over here wasn't on fire talking to you. I mean, you just had the unction of the spirit inside of you. Step out, okay? Step out, and you'll just be amazed what God may do. But as we said last week, so it's almost like each week I'm going to give you a warning. So I gave you the warning last week. Do you remember what the warning was? The greatest of these is what? Love. And Paul goes right into talking about after the gifts of spirit, you can, you can have faith to move mountains, but if you don't have love, it doesn't mean anything. So, so the gifts of the spirit moving in your life never takes the place of proper spiritual growth. Okay? Um, Rich, uh, Rich um Bilottis, it was funny because I had this quote, and I was going to use this quote, and she saw it somewhere and sent it to me. But, but he says this, The gifts of the Spirit are not meant to give us a shortcut to maturity. One of the dangers in the church is we expect the gifts of the Spirit to quickly do what only the fruit of the Spirit is meant to do slowly. So we want you to move in the gifts of the Spirit, and sometimes we think if I move in a gift where well, we know something happens, that we've arrived somehow. And God used me because I guess I'm all that in a bag of chips. Not true. God uses you in spite of you often. And it does never replace the growth of the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of regeneration in your life. So, so in other words, <coughs> in the charismatic church, <coughs> I'm sorry about the coffin. In the charismatic church, we get so hyped up for experience and power, right? that we often leave out, we are to be people of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and, see what I'm saying? So it comes with a tad of awarding. This is where it gets out of kilter. I'm, I'm Pentecostal and charismatic as anybody else. But as a pastor, I'm going, but yes, you can move in a gift because you're filled while not being as mature as you need to be. Therefore, don't think that your maturity has arrived because God uses you. you. You can be filled with the Spirit today and tomorrow move in the gift, but you've been saved a week. Because God uses you, and you were just simply obedient. You need to continue to grow as the Christian God is calling you to be. Okay? It's kind of a warning. Let's just throw that out. Alright, let's talk about the gifts. So there are nine gifts of the Spirit. Uh Some are categorized as revelation gifts. Some are categorized as power gifts. Some are categorized as as verbal gifts, three of each. So tonight, let's just jump into uh, the message of wisdom, the message of knowledge, and and if we get there, the gift of faith. So let's go back to 1 Corinthians 12 and read that again. Let's go to uh, verse number four. A variety of gifts but the same Spirit, a variety of services, but the same Lord, and the varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation for the common good. Verse 8. For to one given through the Spirit the utterance, or the, or the message of wisdom. So, scripturally we know that you can ask for wisdom for your life and God will grant it to you. We know that. Proverbs 2, 6, For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. I would encourage you every day to pray for the wisdom of God and how you live your life. You should. Um, We know James says, the book of James says, If anybody would ask for wisdom, God will grant it to you. So there is a general wisdom that God imparted for living life. But there is now a gift of wisdom that comes forth in a verbal form. Now, the gift is not for you. The gift comes through you for the benefit of who? Somebody else. Yes. It is the message of wisdom. So in a particular moment, for a specific Individual concerning a specific situation, the gift of wisdom is the impartation of the counsel from God concerning whatever. The application of God's way, his truth, his understanding, it can reveal a purpose of God, a plan of God. But it's at that time a specific need of wisdom. That's simply what it is. So the gift of wisdom coming through you is something you probably don't have foreknowledge of. You haven't tried to work it out in your own wisdom, right? It's not not man's wisdom. It is the wisdom of God imparted through you to somebody about a situation. And we know wisdom generally has to do with working something out, dealing with something. Wisdom, application, okay? That's simply what it is. So... You may be praying with somebody, talking with somebody, and you have an unction to say something, and and you say, and whatever you say, this wisdom comes out, and that person, if they receive, can take that wisdom and apply it in some place in their life and working something out. It's that simple. Again, it's not hard. But just listening and saying what you're feeling to say. Now, again... There's growth in this. You can get it mixed up with something you're thinking, something you're saying as you grow and mature, but it will come that there is a counsel from God for that person. Okay? And it comes because, not because you walk up. Now, understand this. You don't own the gifts. They're not a pull string. You can't say, oh, hey, give me the gift of wisdom now, and, and it just automatically doesn't work like that. But it doesn't mean you can't pray to move in the gifts. You should. Right? And even in times of praying for people, especially like the gift of healing, we can invoke the gift of healing and praying for somebody who's sick. Well, we move, we release the gift of healing in the name of Jesus, for the glory of Jesus, okay? But it's more to the utterance of obedience that these things come. And and I will say this: <clears throat> it's not like when you go to move in it, it's all of a sudden, oh, the, the gift of wisdom's happening. You're not getting these little beepers going on. You do in obedience. And God does it, and sometimes you probably didn't even know it happened. But when they receive it, they go, oh, man, wow, that's that's just what I needed to hear. Something like that. You didn't know it, but they knew it because they received it. Because it's not about you, it's about them. So the gift of wisdom is just the counsel of God concerning an individual or a situation. Now, um, let's see. Matthew chapter 21. Let's just go there real quick. What time is it? Quarter till. We're good. Matthew 21. And verse number one. Nope, that's not where I wanted to go. Oh, yeah, it is. I'm sorry. It is where I wanted to go. Matthew 21 is the beginning of the triumphal entry into Jerusalem with Jesus. Now, when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Now, what is that? By the way, that is the the word of knowledge happening right there. Knowledge of, of something that he just physically can't see, but seeing it. Okay, so that, that's knowledge. And Untie them and bring them to me. Now watch this. This is a very simple application of message of wisdom. If anyone says to you, you uh, says to you, you, shall say, the Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. And this took place before was spoken by the prophet, and that's, that's Zechariah. Now, that's a very simple application. So the, the gift of knowledge, working together with the gift of wisdom to bring about something to fulfill Scripture. Knowledge. There are some donkeys. The application of the deal with that knowledge is: this is what you say to make it happen, all at a distance, not seeing it, not necessarily knowing it, other than the unction of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Now, did you think you think it's big fireworks and no, no, it's just simple things more often than not. Okay. By the way, the gifts often work together. Gift of faith often comes. With then the, the gift of healing and the working of miracles and so forth. They, they kind of, it's like the fruit of the Spirit. You can't separate them, they all hand in hand somehow. Same thing with the gifts. They, they often come together and work together. So, the message of wisdom again, is simple application of the counsel of God. All right. Message of knowledge. Now, knowledge is something revealed, it's awareness. So, the utterance of knowledge. Is, uh, concerning an again an individual or a situation is some sense some kind of revelation it's knowledge that that comes forth from God that you didn't have prior knowledge of and again you don't know it and you say it and they they perk up and it catches their attention you just revealed something that there's no way you could have known that right so um, it's not like well, <clears throat> if I was up here and I said, <clears throat> I knew somebody here whose mom is is named Debbie, and, she, and Margaret goes, well, that's my mom's name. I cheated. I know her mom's name. That's not the word of knowledge. Okay, see what I'm saying? I don't. But if, but if I said that and I had no idea about her, she goes, well, my mom's name's Debbie. That's the word of knowledge. Now there's something coming. Does yes. that make sense? You don't have knowledge of it, but it comes for revelation, and often then paired with another gift, something's going to come. I've seen some guys move in the word of knowledge, and it's just like, that guy's scary. He can read your mail. You know what I'm talking about? He just knows. You know what I'm saying? So I'll I'll give you an example. Um, uh, There was a guy, he was ministering, and he started moving the gifts, and he said, um, he called pastors down. And he said, I believe the Lord is telling you that some of you are in a building program. And certainly enough, some of them are like, yeah, we're in the middle of a building project at our church. And God is telling you that he's going to provide everything you need, even down to the bare wood that you need to build what you need. And here's the confirming word. He said, you, come down here. What's your name? Jerry. He went through all these different things. He said, what street do you live on? He said, Forest Street. That's the confirmation that God is providing all the materials you need. It was just a, connecting things. You're just like, holy cow. But the word of knowledge revealing something he doesn't know beforehand than to connect to something that God wants to say once he gets your attention. Okay? So you can move in this stuff. And it's not weird. It's not freaky. It is the manifestation of the spirit that resides inside of you. Amen. All right. So the gift of faith. Now we're not spending a lot of time on this because um, it is not really that deep and too difficult. Oh by the way, let's just give an example. John chapter number four. John chapter number four, verse number, oh let's see. Where am I at? Verse number six. So Jacob's well was there. So Jesus. Wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. And verse number seven, a woman from Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. Now you guys probably know this story. But let's jump down to verse number 16. John chapter 4, verse number 16. And Jesus said to her, Go call on your husband and, and to tell him to come here. And the woman answered him, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, Now here comes the word of knowledge: You're right in saying, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. And the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive perceive that you are a prophet. So it's Jesus using a word of knowledge with this woman, then to open up, then he just shares with her about what it is to have living water. Okay, so a lot of times these gifts are a manifestation, but they're also the avenue for the gospel. That is why, again, they're part of the witness to the world. Okay? They open people up to receiving what God may be up to. All right? All right, the gift of faith. Now, we all know about faith, right? Faith is active belief and trust. Faith is born in you in hearing the gospel. We live by faith, right? But there is a gift of faith that comes from God in a certain moment. to to kind of bring you to a place of entirely full assurance that you may not have been able to get to yourself at that moment. So there have been times when I have felt in in the pulpit, you know what, I believe the gift of faith is going to manifest. And there are some things that some of you have been praying about for a long time. Let's, Let's put that back before God right now because there's something about to happen with that. That's a gift of faith manifesting for a specific thing in a specific moment to bring full assurance that what you're grabbing a hold of is going to manifest and happen. Now, again, that sometimes comes with uh, the gift of healing. So, so it's, you know, praying for all sorts of things. You go to pray for somebody, and sometimes you're just like, oh, my goodness, this is tough. This is big. This is well Way beyond, It's all beyond me, but this is like way, I'm not even sure I can believe. Right? You ever been there? But then all of a sudden that gift of faith comes. You're just like, whew, we're going to pray. And that couples with then, then the gift of, of, of healing or the working of miracles or something like that. So the point is, simply wisdom, knowledge, and faith, God wants to work through you. So the question is, what holds you back? Fear? Fear of failure? You know, not, not, something not happening? Uh, again, you're not, you're not trying to conjure up a gift, but you know when you have that unction, you know it. What holds you back when you feel it? You know how many times I've had somebody come after service and say, you know, it's locked. You know, that was one point I felt I was supposed to. I say, "Well, why didn't you?" I don't know. I don't know. And and, cascade of reasons. Step out. What what happens in church is this: in the church setting, people sort of settle into certain gifts. So, if you notice in a church setting, when it comes to the specific word, the prophecy that comes down, it's generally sort of the same people that do it. Why? Because we're a body, we have different parts. People settle into certain things. But when you leave here, you are the body. We don't all go with you. It's not like when we all hold hands and walk around town together. And we settle into certain gifts there. You're the body. In the church, you may settle into certain gifts. When you're the body out there, you're just, you're just out there. But what holds you back out there, you know? Again, fear of failure, you're going to mess it up, you're going to miss it. So, have have I ever prayed for people that walked away not healed? Yes. Have I ever prayed for people that God touched them? Yes. So, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pray for the next one. Have I, ever, have I ever shared something with somebody and they just go, yeah, no, yep. Have I ever shared, more often than not, shared, because I, the gift of knowledge is, is one that I settle in a lot. Have I ever shared, and they're just like, oh, my goodness, yeah, yeah, it happens. God, God speaks. Not me, God speaks, right? So when you feel the unction, step out. If it needs corrected, we'll correct it. But but that's why we're here together, to learn, right? If it's it's something out of balance, we'll we'll bring it back in. Can only one person come share? No, the scripture says up to three can come share, right? So in the church and outside of the church, let's be open to what God can do. Let's be obedient. Open ourselves up to, well, God possibilities. How many of you are filled with the Holy Spirit? Let me see. Okay. To each one is manifestation. To each one for the common good. Amen. Do you believe that? Then let's go, church. We, we want to be a charismatic church. But, but charismatic, we can call ourselves charismatic all day long and sit on our thumbs every time we feel an unction. You know what I'm saying? Well, we get a little loud in worship. We're charismatic. Okay. That's not what it means, all right? We're just celebrating church. doesn't make us charismatic. Charismatic, again, the charisma is gift. Greek for gift, charisma. Charismatic means gift, movement of gifts. Holy Spirit coming. Amen. That is why, by the way, when we offer for prayer at the end of service... Don't just not come. When we offer prayer, you know what we're saying? We believe God's going to move into gifts. Let's go. Come, let's pray. Bring it. Let's pray. When you pray for each other, God, 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 God doesn't have to do it here. Can God move out in that parking lot as much as he can move down by the altar? Yep. Can he move in Walmart as much as he can move right here? Yep. Any, God, God is anywhere you are with the infilling and his power. Let's be bold. You don't have to be loud, crazy, swing off the chandelier personality. All you have to be is obedient. God uses everybody. You're quiet, you're reserved, you're to yourself, you're in the background, that's great. Because somebody's gonna be in the background with you. If you feel the unction, then do something. Pray, talk, whatever. And, and God will do what only God can do. Amen? You believe it? Yes. Okay, good. So not only we want to just put some basic foundation to them, but this is more than anything a big encouragement to you. Let's step out. If God called us to be a light, and he's given you tools to be a light, and let's be a light, and use the tools that he wants to work through you in. It's it's that simple. Amen? All right, let's pray. Uh, by the way, I know I shortcut my prayer. I would like to see more words in the church. God forbid a tongue and in interpretation. Woo, look out. Now now we're getting out there. Now we got to explain stuff when that happens. I'm okay, I'll explain it. I'm all I'm, I'm for it. I'm not talking we're being crazy and, and, and there's no structure and people are just piping up and interrupting it. No, there's structure, there's order. But there's order for a reason. Amen? So, so you're sitting there, and, and listen, I'm just going to be honest with you. There are some of you here that I know, I feel it, that there's certain gifts like that that settle in you. I'm just waiting for some of you to get going. I don't come say anything to you about it because I don't want to try to make it where you feel like you have to. I want you to be moved by the Spirit. But if that's you and you're moved by the Spirit, let's do something. Come down, tap me on the shoulder, and we'll get going. All right? But let's see what God will do. Because if it's an encouragement for the church, that means it's literally actually somebody in this room that needs to hear what you are saying by the Holy Spirit. Or else why would he give you the unction to do it? There's a reason. Right? Right? same thing out there. When you feel the unction to say something to somebody, like Kelly was telling me a story about a girl she saw two or three times and she felt every time to go say something to her. You don't know what you probably did. But each time she was obedient. Why did the Holy Spirit, I feel, give you that unction? There was a reason that I don't know. But he knew there's a reason. Don't deny because of your fear or maybe lack of self-worth, you got to stop that stuff. The Holy Spirit is in you. What more do you need? To do what he has said for you to do. Okay? Listen. And, and you could come down and share a word and hear nothing. It's, it's just like me up here every week. I say all this stuff and generally hear nothing. That's the way it goes. Don't worry about it. But probably at least a person, if not more people, left difference because of what you said by the Spirit. You have to trust that something's happening. Amen? There's reasons for it, or else it wouldn't be in here. Right? Okay. I'm actually going to pray this time. promise. (laughs) Oh, Lord, we we thank you that, that... Wow, you are with us. You are in us. And and we want to be vessels that are used by you to the greatest extent that we can. Not not in pride, not in in anything other than the humility of of, of service and to be a servant. So, God, I pray that we pray things like, God, use me. But I pray that we're open then to be used. And that, that we Start to see things that we know only you can do. And once again, the signs of the kingdom to be in our midst. I pray that that you, everybody here tonight is encouraged to step out when they simply feel they're supposed to. Whether it's to talk to somebody or to pray for somebody or to come Down in the church service or or whatever it is. That we are people that are obedient to the Spirit in all areas of our life, not just conviction, but also in things we are to do. And I pray, Lord, that that each one of us is, is in a way with you that we're sensitive to the leading of the Spirit, that you can interrupt our most trivial moments of life when we're just thinking about whatever, but we know you enough to know when you interrupt us and begin to lead us in something. So I thank you for it, and I praise you for it, that we are a people who are in step with the Spirit in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So we're going to close off live stream, but before I close up on these kind of subjects,